strip of skin and metal. The blood came in a hot gush on the muddy straw, and the sow's whine bubbled, the jet of lung air spraying from the open neck. Her body quivered and then went limp in Forrest's hands, tiny front legs dangling, body bent like a dead fish. The next moment, their father was there with the heavy chain, and they used the tackle to hoist the carcass up to drain, Jack's father setting a metal bucket under the swaying body. Hot blood smoked in the calcified winter air. Jack crouched on the ground like a muddy toad, cradling the rifle and watching the stream of crimson like liquid fire. He was eight years old. That next summer, the Spanish lady flu epidemic swept through the southeastern states, finding its way into the deepest hollows and mountain ridges of Franklin County. The county went into self-imposed quarantine. Generations of families had known the ancient periodical ravages of sweeping illness like diphtheria, influenza, smallpox, and the certain knowledge of death's deliberate visitation ground all activity to a standstill, as families huddled together in their homes. Jack's father, Granville Bondurant, closed up his vacant general store, itinerant mendicants and blasted roadmen, his only occasional customers. Families relied on the saved stores of food stockpiled in root cellars, cool spring houses. The Brodies, who lived across the broad hill, stopped coming down the dirt road by the house as did the DeShazos, a black family that lived a half-mile off. The pews of Snow Creek Baptist Church stood cockeyed empty, and hooded crows roosted in the crude lectern. The Bondurant family was prepared, with plenty of dry goods from the store, and Jack's mother had enough canned vegetables and meat to last them through the fall and winter. The family stayed close to the farm. It was a glorious time for Jack because it meant his older sisters Belva May and Era and his brother Forrest were around all the time, hanging about the house in the mornings, spending the long afternoon and evening in the family room by the stove. In those days, Jack's father was what men call a cut-up, a man who grinned brightly through his thick beard in the evenings when his children rode his bouncing knee like a bucking horse, or when he stood by the hot stove with other men at the store quick with a wisecrack, his short white apron clean and starched. He didn't drink liquor, went to church regular, and still laughed a dozen times a day. Forrest had a second-hand bicycle, and in the afternoons Jack chased his brother down the wide field in front of the house, along the crumbling banks of the creek, laughing in the golden afternoons, the fields of purple clover at sunset, a haze of velvet across the rolling hills. After dinner, his sisters clustered on the coarse rug in front of the stove, knitting and talking, Belva May and Era tying Jack's hands and feet with yarn, conspiring as Jack struggled, the girls laughing and speaking their own private language. His younger sister Emmy, the closest to his own age, clung to their mother, shadowing her through the kitchen and sitting in her lap in the rocker by the window. Emmy had an innocent air, naive and quick to bawl, and so Jack was often left to entertain himself alone in the barns, long fields, wooded stretches, 
in the muddy branch of Snow Creek that ran through his parents' farm. In the evening, his father, Granville, grinning through his beard, feet on the stove, their mother rocking by the window, endlessly smoking hand-rolled cigarettes, blowing long plumes of smoke, and watching the road for the rare traveler and for her oldest son, Howard, who was due to return from the war in Europe. Jack's oldest brother, Howard, spent most of 1919 on an army troop ship, first crossing the Atlantic from England and then anchored in Norfolk Harbor in quarantine. Influenza was rampant on the ship. Nearly half the men consumed with it on the voyage across, the deck littered with gaunt men in stretchers hacking and moaning into the scraps of cloth laid over their faces. At night, Howard slept on a high stack of onion crates in an attempt to get space on the crowded ship and away from the red-eyed coughing devils.